Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we um, are blessed to be here another day. Um, you know, the more that I see what's happening in our culture and around the country, the more I am thankful that every day we still have an opportunity to speak the truth to you and encourage you, sometimes inform you of what's happening in our culture uh, from the biblical worldview, from a Christian perspective. But when I see friends getting censored and um, just Friday, and I'm just sharing my heart right now to open up. We've got J.B. Hickson here with us. Um, Friday, a um, Catholic pro-life um, author in Philadelphia area was arrested. Um, his home was raided by the FBI as his kids were in the house at 7 a.m. last Friday morning, they they opened the door to FBI agents banging on the door of the house with their guns drawn, and then I guess he opened the door. The, they're pointing their guns at him. This guy is just a sidewalk counselor uh, in front of uh, murder mills, in front of abortion clinics, and um, he, the, the kids are homeschooled, so they're all home. They're not getting ready to go anywhere, and they're seeing this thing, guns pointed at their dad, so they're traumatized. And I'm seeing this, you guys, and tomorrow I'll be talking about uh, this with Pastor Matt Truella, uh, missionaries of the preborn, to the preborn. Um, and I've got an article this week coming out on this injustice of the Biden Justice Department and the Biden FBI. And if, th- if these were Democrats and if this was a Planned Parenthood, uh, the, the roles would be reversed. But there's clearly a problem with the justice system, and we've just got to raise awareness while we have a voice and I encourage you to tune in and hear those details on this shocking case tomorrow of over 100 pro-life pregnancy centers and churches that have been vandalized since May, including right here close to us, our friend Julaine Appling of Wisconsin Family Council in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, no arrests yet. They just put out a press release. They're even offering a $5,000 reward to anyone who will offer information leading to the arrest of uh, pro-abortion Democrats who bombed their facility, firebombed Wisconsin Family Council headquarters. So we're in dangerous times, friends. And I want to bring J.B. Hickson in and just talk about this briefly. Um, of course, he's an author and a pastor, Plum, Plum Creek Chapel near Denver, and the founder of Not By Works Ministries. We're going to talk a little bit about his book, Spirit of the Antichrist. Uh, volume 2 is coming out next month. But, uh, J.B., welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. Hey, David, great to be with you. You know, it's uh, <clears throat> a lot of negative stuff happening in the world for sure, which is a sign of the times. We can talk about that in a moment. But, you know, uh, you got to be positive, and it's a great day to be alive, <clears throat> first of all, because, you know, we had a wonderful Lord's Day yesterday at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia. I just love our church and love our people. Uh, and, you know, I start the week off by getting to talk to my my good friend and colleague, the inimitable David Fiorazzo, <laughs> and to top it all off, the Dallas Cowboys are on Monday Night Football tonight. So, I mean, oh, David, brother. what more did I ask for, really? Oh, brother. Hey, um, no, seriously, do you, I'm sure, I don't know how closely you follow that. I root for any team that's got Christians that are, that actually let people know they're Christians and their, their, um, life follows their words, right? Their actions are the same as their, are there any Christians on the Cowboys that you know oh. of? Yeah, I'm sure there are. My son could probably name all of them. He <laughs> follows them a lot more closely than I do, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it's rare these days, isn't it, to find yep. believers in major, uh, you know, major sports or any kind of entertainment or public figure like that, isn't it? Yes, any sport, you know, by the way. But anyway, so, um, JB, before we get into the podcast, and we're talking about being in the world and not of the world, and you preached on that a few weeks ago, um, I believe it was Acts 17 you preached on at your church. Um just what can you share with friends who are concerned about this, um, really the injustice they're seeing um, across the country, not just in what I just mentioned, the cases there, but just what's happening there, framing Christians as domestic terrorists. And I know persecution is coming. We've never seen that here 
to a level, you know, in America that other countries have. But just give us some perspective and share your thoughts. Yeah, you know, um, I've been really researching a lot lately about Christian persecution being on the rise. We have a chapter on that in the new book, and and it is stunning uh, how much persecution is happening. Now, a lot of people will, you know, instinctively sort of knee-jerk resist that idea, oh, you know, we're not being persecuted, they're not beheading us or burning us at the stake like they're doing in, you know, Africa or places like that. Well, that's true, but, uh, you know, uh, it's it's uh, we are seeing a rise of persecution, and of course it always begins with, you know, verbal attacks and, you know, less violent attacks, and then it degenerates into that. So mm-hmm. it's a real concern, and it's a sign of the times, right? We know that in order for you know, the, the devil to roll out the, the New World Order and the One World Political, Religious, and Economic System. He's got to get America out of the way. Right now, America's the one nation that's really standing in the way of the Luciferians and their and their conspiracy to take over the world. And, uh, you know, the easiest way to bring down America is to, you know, destroy and marginalize, if, if possible, uh, the Christian community and, and yeah. those of men and women of faith. So, uh, of course, in a day like today, we're going to see more and more attacks. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a tragedy. It breaks your heart when you see what's happening with these, uh, you know, the, the inequitable treatment of uh, pro-life uh, folks. But uh, you know, remember what the battle's all about. It's an ultimately, and, and you and I talked about this a second ago off air. It's a spiritual battle, yeah. and Satan is not happy at all that. Uh, you know, pro-life movement is doing more and more to try to save the lives of the innocent unborn. Yep. And and so he's going to ratchet it up. Uh, and the closer we get to the end times, the more of that kind of evil we're going to see. Amen, brother. So briefly, let's mention um, people will need to get a hold of your book, uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. It's if they haven't read it yet. Um, be, why? Because volume two is coming out next month, and you've got a very street, strategic release date, brother. Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, I may I may regret it, because <laughs> we have been um, under attack since uh, the first book was complete, and mm-hmm. I, I tell that story in the preface. In fact, I tell a story about being on Stand Up for the Truth and uh, just being in excruciating pain when we premiered the book. If you remember, Volume 1 premiered on Stand Up for the Truth March 21st, mm-hmm. and now the, the second volume is uh, coming out October 31st, but when we premiered the first one, I had had an injury and broken my uh, hand, actually had a pretty nasty break and a bone in my hand, and uh, just a few days before that, couldn't get in to see the uh, surgeon until that day, the Monday, March 21st, when we were on your show, so I'm sitting there going through the interview with you just in excruciating pain and then got off the phone and headed straight to the the doctor. The book released that morning, and I'm sitting at the surgeon's office, so as you know the first orders are coming in for the for the first book. You know while they're setting my, the bone in my hand. So and the spiritual warfare never slowed down. Yeah. Uh, so, but nevertheless, we see it's a spiritual battle. So we chose October thirty first as the release date for volume two, uh, as kind of an in your face to Satan on his favorite holiday to say, you know, we're not going to back down. We're not going to cower in the face of the Luciferians. And so, uh, folks can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org spiritoftheantichrist.org, and we've now got Volume 2, uh, the promo uh, posted there. We've got the preface uh, in its entirety that they can read and the entire table of contents, and it's a bigger book uh, uh, than Volume 1. Wow. And uh, we should have Volume 1. Uh, it is going to be released October 31st. We may begin doing pre-sales October 24th, one week earlier, uh, but they can watch the website for that, and we might start taking pre-orders. But, yeah, we're uh, getting close, and I'm really excited about it. It, it, has, it came out really, really nice, and it's, uh, it's pretty powerful stuff. Well, we I'm looking at the table of contents, brother, and I'm just exhausted just reading through this. But, hey, we're going to have you on a week before the official release, and we're going to have you on. We'll definitely uh, give all this information to our listeners at that time and you when, when yeah. pre-orders will be um, available uh, on the book. But, uh, gosh, I, I don't know how you do it. You, you must be busier than I am, and I've been kind of busy for the last year, <laughs> year and a half. But um, thanks for all the work you're doing and try to raise awareness and get the 
this info out to the saints and uh, to equip the church because, as we know— and by the way, a lot of people find out about your ministry from different parts of the country, as they do ours here at Stand Up For The Truth. And one of the reasons why I think your ministry is growing and ours, our audience, has grown, in the, especially in the last two years, is because a lot of the pastors— and, you know, people that are in charge of really uh, equipping the saints, their flocks, right? They're not really addressing uh, what's going on, globalism or the, 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 the public schools or what's happening in government or the things that prophetically, things that are happening, Bible prophecy, a lot of churches are avoiding that. So I think people are, are kind of finding out about it. Even my, our church here in Little Deep here, Wisconsin, is growing to a point that they almost had to buy a new building and decided, you know what, let's stay here and expand this one. And, and uh, you know, what do, you, what do they call it? Uh, re- renovations. We're under renovations just out of necessity, but it's a good problem to have. So tell us a little bit about what you've noticed in the last year or two and how people are, are commenting, I'm sure, when they hear about you and thanking you for your teaching. Well, absolutely. God has been really gracious to Plum Creek Chapel uh, because of ministries like uh, yours, Stand Up for the Truth, and uh, Olive Tree Ministries with Jan Markell, and uh, some other, uh, you know, uh, Harbingers, you know, a- A-list conservative Christian uh, groups, Brandon House and yep. others. Uh, it's brought a little bit of exposure to Plum Creek Chapel, and so folks are learning about us. And, yeah, they're coming because we uh, preach the whole counsel of God. We do not shy away from the end times, and we, we make a, a point to teach about that because we're, we're right on the cusp of it. I mean, anybody uh, that uh, looks at the, the headlines knows that we're, you know, the signs of the times are all around us, so of course we teach that. And, you know, we're also not afraid to stand up to medical tyranny and government tyranny that's being, uh, you know, that's always kind of lurking behind the surface. We saw that with the uh, COVID pandemic. So uh, God's really blessing Plum Creek Chapel. If anybody's ever in uh, the Denver metro area, you can uh, come check us out on Sundays or Wednesdays in Sedalia. But, you know, two weeks ago, uh, Plum Creek Chapel celebrated its 20th anniversary. Wow. And we had the highest crowd we've ever had in the history of our church. And so uh, definitely, uh, you know, uh, what, what's happening is while, while the apostate church is renovating doctrine, those that are standing firm for doctrine are having to renovate and remodel their buildings to make room for all the people that are exiting the mainstream church. Yeah, and I guess that's we're in a very interesting time, uh, JB. We've and, and I know we're kind of straying from where we wanted to go with the topic today, but I pray the Holy Spirit will lead us in Jesus' name because even the worldview surveys that Barna and Pew or Gallup and others are putting out there have shown some disturbing. Results, including the the um, lack of biblical worldview among pastors and those who are preaching on Sunday mornings across the country. Now, I know your audience probably understands, our audience probably understands uh, why that is, but just your thoughts on, on people that are in an area where they just are struggling with their pastor's lack of biblical teaching or worldview. Well, you know, it's it's getting tougher and tougher. I mean, you and I uh, speculated some time ago when you were up here speaking at our church about, you know, what percentage of churches today are still really preaching the truth and holding firm to the Bible as the only standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices. And I think uh, we landed somewhere around, you know, 10%, uh, and that's just a, a dead reckoning, not, you know, no way to know for sure. Mm. But... Uh, what that means is that if you're in an area that doesn't really have a solid Bible teaching church that, you know, is clear on the gospel, clear on how they study the Bible, their hermeneutic, clear on teaching the end time study, and then also clear in resisting a government tyranny, uh, that that list gets smaller and smaller. And so, uh, I tell people. You know, while ideally uh, God's divine design is to go to a church uh, in your community, in your area, where you can really, uh, you know, spread the gospel and be part of a work locally, uh, as we get closer to the end times, that that may not always be possible. So, Hmm. you know, you have to go, you have to to find the church, you know, dearest to you and not nearest to you necessarily. Hmm. And and I think that's what people are having to do. And with online uh, 
you know, churches now, that's that's easier. We have people, We in fact, we sent out a, an email alert, a prayer alert last week from Plum Creek Chapel from one of our online uh, members, so to speak. We have quite a community of people that consider Plum Creek their church home, but they've never actually physically been to the building. They're ah. from other states, and that, I think we're seeing more and more of that. Yeah, we're blessed uh, to say that uh, we've got listeners in at least a couple dozen states, and they listen online um, to stand up for the truth, and or, or or they download the podcast. So that's always nice. So God has used technology for evil. Uh, we are trying to do our best to get the word of truth out there in the gospel and to use it for good to uh, equip the saints and edify people. JB, we just have like four minutes left in this segment, and we wanted to talk a little bit about um, your sermon that you preached, I think, a few weeks ago. Uh, from Acts 17. I love the idea, you know, in the world, being in the world, but not of it. And uh, boy, we are seeing more and more uh, of a, we're having a better understanding of that, I think, as things are happening in our culture and when we see prophetically things taking place, don't we? Yeah, we we do. Um, You know, I think as we get closer to the return of Christ, there's going to be a growing divide between, you know, God's people and the enemy's people. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus said, you're either with me or against me, and you're either a, a child of God by faith alone in Christ alone, or you're a child of the devil. And it doesn't mean that everybody that's not a Christian is out there worshiping Satan the way the Luciferian global elite are, but it certainly means that there's really only two options. And so um, what we tried to do, you know, I've been, I've been teaching through the book of Acts in our main service on Sundays, and in Acts uh, chapter 17, and we can talk about this more after the break, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they, you know, are accused of turning the world upside down, you know, Paul and uh, uh, Silas, and uh, I think Luke was with them at this point as well, and uh, they were, you know, accused of troubling the crowd and, and so forth and so on. And so I just got to thinking, you know, uh, are we turning the world upside down anymore, or are we just sort of <laughs> you know, dissolving ourselves right into the world and becoming mm-hmm. no different. So we provided uh, some principles, uh, three main principles of biblical separation, and the Bible has a lot to say about that, and we can we can talk more about that here in a bit. Yeah, I'd like to, because it's important. One thing that, that I have been looking at as a concept and trying to observe what's happening with Christians. Now, well-meaning, I'm really Bible-believing Christians that are born again, that are looking at what's going on, and they're a little overwhelmed by it, J.B. I know um, Romans 12 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, and do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But I think being in this world and seeing what's happening, a lot of people are falling um, into the trap of escapism, which is a habitual diversion of the mind to um, entertainment or a purely imaginative, imaginative activity that's part of the definition, to escape from reality or even a routine. So we've got two minutes left in this segment. Just your thoughts on that and to encourage people to stay engaged and keep praying but also be active. Yeah, it's, it's fundamentally a battle for the mind. I mean, that's mm-hmm. where it begins. That's why we're to uh, take every thought captive, and, and that's why we are to stay in the Word and hide God's Word in our heart. I talked about that Sunday. By the way, yesterday... I preached a message I bet very few of your listeners have ever heard a Bible-preaching uh, pastor preach on, and that was about dreams. Hmm. <laughs> so uh, people can check that out at uh, notbyworks.org. But um, but we talked about how important it is to fill the mind with God's Word. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. But, you know, the devil is is really doing a, a fantastic job from his perspective of, of providing other unwholesome things for people to fixate on, and uh, and 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 uh, and then from that flows to worldliness that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. It comes from the mind. Amen, brother. So J.B. Hickson is our guest today. Not by Works Ministries. You can get more information at notbyworks.org. So when we come back, we'll continue talking about today's believers in this world. We're not of the world, though, and uh, more on maybe a couple news items and things just to keep an eye on. And guys, just thank you so much for staying with us on Stand Up For The Truth.
Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. J.B. Hickson is our guest today. Uh, J.B., um, we were talking a little bit off air, uh, and, and you can tell us more about that um, sermon about Acts 17 because I find it fascinating, uh, the wording um, that that Luke writes about, um, where is it? Uh, they, um, the Jews, they got jealous. Some of them were persuaded. They were, they were really fighting these guys because they thought they upset the world by coming here. And where was here was uh, Thessalonica. And that uh, was very fascinating how, you know, they're trying to come against these guys. And they took uh, Jason and I think they beat him up. But share us a little bit more about that and how you uh, laid that out at your church. Yeah, so, um, you know, as you said, they're in Thessalonica and they are accused, the New King James says they were accused of turning the world upside down. And, you know, as you go through uh, the text, you see a repeated sort of contrast between us and them, or you and them, and, and it just seems clear that the battle lines were drawn. And so uh, I, just, I just felt like those lines of distinction today um, for a lot of Christians aren't as clear. Now, you and I both know in the, in the grand scheme of things, in fact, the battle lines are getting even more clear. I mean, the devil is on the attack, uh, the spirit of the Antichrist is on the rise, and so it's getting pretty clear what, what's going on in the world. But at the same time, as prophesied in Scripture, there's a great last days apostasy happening where your average evangelical Christian is just sort of, you know, swimming with the tide. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's, it's getting harder and harder, uh, to find people that are willing to, to be different and to, to stand up. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think, I forget who it was, I quote him in the first book, but a Texas politician said, uh, you know, even a dead fish can, can flow with the tide. And so, you know, we want people willing to go against the tide, right? And so I just started uh, kind of looking into, uh, you know, the, the, the background of, of things and went all the way back to Genesis, where we see that God created man in his own image, and that right there is a passage that many people misunderstand. You know, the image that, that's referred to there is a standard, a, a pattern, if you will, a mold that, got, that the triune God, because he says, let us make man in our image, in our image, uh, conceived of for the highest pinnacle of creation. In other words, he, you know, everyone else, everything else that he created, animals, trees, plants, the stars, all of that, he just created it. When it came time to create mankind, he paused, established a standard, and then created man according to that standard. And that's why mankind is unique. We're the highest pinnacle of creation. We're the only created thing that has a soul, an eternal soul. And so, um, you know, that concept of image is pretty significant in the ancient Near East. You know, Moses under the inspiration of Spirit, wrote Genesis and, and the first five books of the Bible during the wilderness wanderings of you know the 1400s. And so God's Word was revealed by God to mankind within a historical context over a period of about 1,500 years. Um, and when he started revealing the first, uh, the beginnings, that's what Genesis means, uh, he, he did so within that culture. And at that time, uh, pagan ancient Near Eastern uh, kings and rulers would have these images of themselves, these statues that they would erect all around their their kingdom, and a, to, as a reminder of people that you know they should worship that leader, that king, and and they they were very narcissistic and and so forth. And so God says, hey, you know, you are to be a reflection of my image. I made you in my image, and I want people to look at you and and think of me. Hmm. And so. You know, the first principle that I talked about was that God's people are holy. We're set apart. We're unique. The world is not. The world is unholy. And when we look like the world, we're no longer the image bearers that God intends for us to be. Amen. And, of course, you get to the New Testament, and Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount that we should let our lights so shine before men that they may see our good works and, what, glorify the Father in heaven. And so... Um, you know, Paul said that what happened when man fell is that we sinned and fell short of the glory of God. That image of God and man became corrupted and tarnished. And so 
really, when you boil it down, the, the task of believers today, David, is for us to walk in the Spirit, reflect God's glory, and, and get back to our original intent, uh, original purpose, if you will, to, to bear the image of God. Mm. That's bearing the image of God, being ambassadors for Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of the concepts, the biblical concepts of salt and light in any society, but and, and to not to hide your light. But I want to go back to the text in Acts chapter 17. Something jumped out at me also in, in verse 5. Um, it talks about that they were jealous, right, of the apostles. And it says, now think about what they're doing in America, right, what they've done, what we've seen, uh, even in 2020 with you know, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and the mob mentality, right? It says they took along some wicked men from the marketplace, formed a mob, and set the city in an uproar, and then attacked the house of Jason. And it, I find that to be very fascinating. And it reminds me, J, uh, JB, that, um, well, nothing is new under the sun. That was 2,000 years ago. They're doing that in our culture today. <laughs> oh, yeah, the mob mentality is, yep. is goes way back. Yeah. I mean, uh, you see it in, in Genesis with the mobs in Sodom, you know, trying to— those homosexual mobs trying to have their way with the angelic visitors in Lot's house, you know. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's always easier to jump on a bandwagon than it is to jump off. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, I found a quote today. I, I just saw this. I read this earlier by A.A. A. Hodge. It says, It is easier to find a score of men wise enough to discover the truth than to find one intrepid enough in the face of opposition to stand up for it. Isn't that yeah. good? That's good. A.A. A. Hodge, one of the great um, uh, Princetonians, you know, uh, president of Princeton mm. Seminary back in the good old days. Yeah, uh, be- before the seminaries went left and progressive and and uh, woke, right? Yeah, I mean, what was that like back then, David? <laughs> I mean, what was that like? <laughs> We talked actually last time you were on the air with us. I think we talked about the, that descent of the modernist and those steps leading down. Once you drop biblical inerrancy, the belief in the inerrancy of scriptures, once you take that step down and compromise, all these other doctrines almost fall like dominoes, only not as quickly, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I think that's really what we're talking about when we talk about being in the world and, and not of it. You know, God has us here for a reason. But, you know, you go back to, you know, the children of Israel when they left Egypt and they, you know, crossed over uh, into the Jordan eventually, the, the next generation. And, you know, what did God tell them? You know, he, he says, you know, make no covenant with them, nor shall you make marriages with them. Uh, you know, they will turn your sons away from following me, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure. Uh, he said, consecrate yourselves, which means separate yourselves. Uh, you shall be holy to me, separated you. I have separated you from the people. This is all from the law, Deuteronomy and Levit- Leviticus. And so, uh, and you know, instead, what God's people did back in, in, the, in those times is they went in and they did just the opposite of what God told them to do. They started intermarrying, mm. adopting pagan cultures and rituals, and and looking no different. But, you know, of course, someday... In the kingdom, when Christ comes back, all the world will know of the Lord, and, and the King of Kings will be the one setting the example uh, in, in a, you know, on earth, physically. And you know, so finally, the Bible will come full circle to that ideal where God's people and, and their king will be actually setting the standard, and all the nations will uh, come up to them. But in the meantime, it's, as Paul said, it's getting worse and worse. And you know, the New Testament principles even though obviously the church is not Israel, God has temporarily set Israel aside during this present age, the the church age, which is a mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, we still have that same universal principle of separation. You know, Peter said we're God's own special people, uh, that he has called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And uh, Paul said, you know, what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, or light with darkness, or Christ with Belial, or believer with an unbeliever, or the temple of God with idols. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate. So mm. uh, we, we need to remember what team we're on, and obviously, you know, we're, we're living in the world. We can't physically and geographically. 
typically isolate ourselves and move to a mountaintop. That's not what God intends at all. But he certainly does not want for us to adopt uh, the world's principles, look like the world, dress like the world, act like the world, talk like the world, um, because then we're not doing our job. No, we're not. And it goes back to a verse we shared earlier from Romans 12, too, do not conform. It's harder and harder for Christians, JB, especially in America, in the United States of Entertainment, it's hard not to conform but be transformed. I mean, I admit it myself in just the management of my time and what we sometimes we, we just need to kind of take a break and get away. We put on the TV and boy, those hours can increase. Um, so it does get harder and harder, I think, in this day and age um, than even when Paul wrote that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's again, Second Timothy 3.13, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So as you've heard me say many times, depravity does not self-correct. It, 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 it's worse with time, <laughs> yeah. not better. And so, absolutely, it's it's harder. To, and that's by design. I mean, that's the devil is doing everything he can to kill, steal, and destroy. So he's going to kill a lot of Christians, and that's why we see Christian persecution on the rise, uh, not just in America, but everywhere. And, and then those that he cannot kill, he's going to marginalize. Um, and, you know, get us to be basically no different. And so I think that's another reason that we're seeing uh, God's people that are truly, uh, you know, sensitive to his word and discerning uh, flocking to churches like Plum Creek Chapel and yours and others, because, uh, you know, they're, they're recognizing the need to align themselves with God's people. And, uh, again, it's, you know, I'm not the one that's kind of being divisive here. God's Word divides people into yes. an us and a them, mm-hmm. and we are to love them and share Christ with them, share the good news with them, and tell them the most important story they need to hear, which is the story that Jesus Christ died for their sins and rose from the dead. But to do that, we do not have to become like them, and that's mm-hmm. the big lie that Satan has, uh, you know, told people. Um, JB, I want to go back to 2 Timothy 3 because you mentioned that, and something that I find fascinating, uh, two observations, and I, I want to get your thoughts. Um, in the last days, difficult times will come, another translation, perilous times. First thing he says for, on this just extensive laundry list of how people are going to appear in the last days, for people will be lovers of self. Mm-hmm. I find that Fascinating. And then in the very next verse, it, it talks about lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Um, I think even in the church, we need to look out for that, don't we? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, in the new book, if people go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, they can see I have a chapter there on the spirit of pride, and mm. which is one of the hallmarks or trademarks of the Antichrist. And so when the spirit of the Antichrist is on the rise, we're going to see a rise in pride, and a lot of experts are calling it a narciss- narcissism epidemic. And, uh, you know, narcissists, if people remember Greek mythology, he was the one who was um, uh, so fond of himself that he would spend all day looking in the mirror, and eventually he got so infatuated with his own image that he couldn't tear himself away from the mirror to eat, and so he ended up shriveling up and dying. Mm. And that's a, a good word picture for what we see today uh, with people, especially Millennials, but certainly not only millennials and, and others who are, you know, fixated on selfies and just constantly focused on uh, themselves. But it's it's a it's a battle of pride because if you're thinking about yourself first, then then you're not thinking about God. And uh, you know, as we started out the program saying, it's a it's really a battle for the mind. But yeah, that's these perilous times are upon us uh, for sure, uh, as Paul predicted. Remember. When he says, know this in the last days, the last days is a term in Scripture that refers to the entire present church age. And uh, we, we get that pretty clearly from passages like Hebrews 1. Um, but what he's saying is that in the last days, in the church age, there's going to come a time when these things will be characteristic. Mm. And certainly uh, that's uh, where we find ourselves today. Wow. Since we're talking about this, I'm just fascinated by some of the things and how they apply to today. And when he wrote that, I know it was led by the Holy Spirit because the God, the Holy Spirit, is the author of the Bible. Um, um, chapter 3, verse 7 says, Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
That's yeah. that's profound and sad at the same time, isn't it? It is. I mean, people today uh, are in, in most churches, the, the apostate church, are not interested in doctrine. They don't want to mm. learn. You know, they would rather quote learn. You know, other things that are have no eternal value. And so we got a lot of people out there that are knowledgeable about you know worldly things. But in the grand scheme of things, what difference does that make? We, mm. we want to know eternal truth. And so, you know, you and I have talked in the previous uh, podcast about, uh, you know, the death of doctrine and how, you know, doctrine gets a bad name. It's, you know, it's divisive. Um, but, you know, in and of itself is a sign of the times, as you just said, always learning but never coming to a knowledge of the truth. Mm. And that's what we're seeing. And, and, and I also think of education. I mean, <laughs> we talk a lot about the corrupt uh, public education system that has been hijacked uh, by the left and humanists and progressives and Marxists. But I'm just talking about learning in general, people that are being educated. I mean, look at the professors and the, quote, scientists today. I mean, the the percentage of those men that have all this learning and all the PhDs and all the, the degrees and all that, they're, they're the most studied and, quote, most educated but yet they're the furthest from God oftentimes. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, no question. And I'm sure you've kept up with what's going on in Illinois with the Pritzker dynasty and that, that evil satanic family, the, and, and J.B. Pritzker's the, uh, the uh, governor there. But they're rolling out uh, synthetic sex identities programs in the, in the public schools as low as kindergarten, uh, teaching children that they can choose their gender and uh, just you know, horrific books that, that they're pushing in the libraries that are just pornographic, and uh, it's just sickening. And and that's uh, that's one of the reasons. That's really, I think, we reap what we sow. And mm-hmm. you know, for for decades uh, since the Luciferians took over and really launched the compulsory government schooling program in the early 20th century, around the 19 early 1900s, uh, you know, they've been setting us up to basically mind control and program our kids. And you know, anybody that, that thinks at this point that the pagan institution of government schooling can be redeemed is just uh, really not not living in reality. It's, it's time to get your kids out of there. Um, JB, we're in the last minute of this, so we need to take a break. But I think we need to address that a little bit when we come back and talk about what's happening because uh, mainstream now is promoting this gender surrender where God is either doesn't exist or he didn't create, you know, all things, let alone men and women, male and female. Even NPR and others, I should say even, but even, they're yeah. progressive, right? National Progressive Radio is promoting sex education as young as kindergarten. So let's talk a little bit about how Christian parents can respond to this when we come back with J.B. Hickson on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Okay, J.B. Hickson is our guest today. I, I mentioned this article last week that uh, NPR, National Progressive Radio, uh, promotes starting sex education as young as kindergarten. And they say it's absolutely not controversial. So we don't need to get into that because that's what they're pushing Hollywood, the liberal media, um, globalists and the socialists in America. But I want to go over to Vanderbilt. Um, this is a very disturbing uh, story that hospitals now, doctors at hospitals are coming out, and we've got some on video saying transgenderism is, or they call it gender care, is a huge moneymaker for the hospital. That's just, I mean, there are other hospitals around the country that, would say the same thing, maybe just not out loud. I don't know. But, JB, just a couple examples, just for our listeners to understand what's going on. And, by the way, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee, a Republican, he's calling for an investigation of Vanderbilt's pediatric transgender clinic. Um, so that's a good thing because uh, there are some moral issues here. So let's just talk about some the, some of the money. A chest reconstruction, meaning when a woman has her breasts cut off, removed, um, that can bring in $40,000 per patient and then follow-up visits just on routine hormone treatments. And let's just jump to one more and I'll let JB respond and connect the dots. Female-to-male 
quote, bottom surgeries, female to male. How are they going to do that? They're huge money makers, the doctor said, adding that these surgeries could bring in up to $100,000 for the hospital. Uh, JB, this is demonic. Uh, God is completely removed from this equation because in order to believe the transgender ideology, you can't have God as creator of male and female, right? Absolutely. It's a, it's absolutely demonic, and that's uh, that's the point we make in, in the new book. And, uh, you know, Satan, it's a direct assault on the image of God and man because yep. Genesis one twenty seven he created them male and female. Um, but, you know, I want to go back to, you know, connecting the dots here between the big money foundations like yes. Vanderbilt, Ford, Carnegie, Rockefeller, and others, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, uh, and, you know, the education system and the medical system. They're all intertwined. And, and David, you know, it is all about the money, and you can learn a lot by following the money. I've learned that over, you know, 15 years of studying the Luciferian conspiracy. But we need to remember how the money plays a role. But ultimately, the Luciferians are the ones pulling the strings, trying to roll out this demonic agenda at the behest of Satan. That's what their their goal is, to usher in a one-world political, religious, and uh, geographic uh, system, uh, the, the one-worlders, I call them. So, but money is a big motivator. You know, Paul says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Yep. So what they do is they use money as an enticement to get these other, you know, second and third tier elites to go along. A lot of people that are involved in this, uh, you know, conspiracy to to advance the satanic agenda don't realize that they're part of a, a Luciferian system. Hmm. Uh, they're just motivated by money, and that's what we see happening with you know, a lot of these uh, hospitals. We saw it with COVID, you know, people, were the hospitals were given... Yes. Hundreds of thousands of dollars to make certain declarations or uh, to put someone on a ventilator, that kind of thing. But I want to go back to Pritzker because that's that's a name that probably a lot of Christians are not familiar with but should be because that is one of the most evil, uh, you know, family dynasties out there. Uh, but James Nicholas Pritzker is a retired lieutenant colonel from the Illinois Army National Guard. And one of the reasons that I'm kind of fixated on this is that uh, Not By Works Ministries was founded in Illinois. We lived in Illinois mm. for a total of eight years, and uh, two of our children were born there. So we have a lot of connections and ties to uh, Illinois. But uh, this James Nicholas Pritzker uh, became the world's first transgender billionaire, and she now goes by the name Jennifer Natalia Pritzker. Wow. Her cousins huh. are J.B. Pritzker, as I mentioned, the governor of Illinois, and then Penny Pritzker, another a cousin, was the former U.S. Secretary of Commerce under President Obama. Hmm. And uh, they come from one of the richest, most powerful Luciferian families in the United States. And what they've done is they have used their money to advance uh, the gender surrender movement, this this transgenderism. They created the first chair in transgender studies at uh, several colleges, but, uh, for example, up in Canada at the University of Victoria, and uh, the person who holds that chair established an annual LGBTQ plus conference called Moving Trans History Forward. And they get their money from these big, uh, you know, big foundations. Wow. Uh, uh, they, they have a marketing arm, if you will, a, a, a separate organization, but it kind of acts as a marketing arm for transgenderism called Out Leadership. And uh, what they said is that, quote, we are making God, we are making God as we are implementing technology that is ever more all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful, and beneficent. So mm. uh, Pritzker has said repeatedly, he just signed into law a new sex education bill that he says has a goal of eliminating, quote, the myth of biology and replacing it uh, with the notion that a child's biological sex is, quote, fluid. Wow. And uh, it's just, it's diabolical. I mean, devilish, mm-hmm. it, it really is. And so... Uh, people need to understand this is all happening very, very fast. It's yes. part of the transhumanism movement. Well, it's already in the systems, so to speak, the institutions, the major institutions in America. This did not happen overnight, although to you and I, to most people, well, like, let's just step back. To those of us who have been looking at this and have been informed and aware this was happening, that's not the case. But to the average American, it's happening extremely fast at a speed they can't keep up with. But the ground had to be 
paved, so to speak. It had, the ground had to be fertile for this for decades. They, they've been planting the seeds and prepping for this time to just unleash all this evil. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is uh, it is a part is a it is a, a, pl- a specific plan and intentional plot on the part of the Luciferians to capture the minds of our young people and fill them with a, a spirit of perversion, um, and and it's utterly despicable. Um, but I, I think you know what people don't understand is that this has been happening for a long time. But it's it's kind of like once it gets to a certain point, you're past the point of no return. And so I don't mean yeah. to sound so cynical because obviously we know that. You know, God is the ultimate arbiter of, of the timetable here, and maybe maybe he wants to continue to let the evangelistic enterprise uh, go on for another hundred years. But it, it sure seems like we're reaching a boiling point, and the, the, the cosmic battle between Satan and God as Satan is to take over the world and demand that everybody worship him. It seems like that battle is really coming to a head. Uh, Jan Markell calls it trending toward the tribulation. Uh, I call it the run-up to the rapture. I mean, we're just getting closer and closer. By the way, we're going to talk about this story at Vanderbilt today, later on today, on the show Educated, with which which I do over at Freedom Project Media. So stayeducated.org. Uh, but I want to conclude uh, what I'm going to talk about later just by saying uh, Matt Walsh broke this, although it's been happening at different hospitals for a while. We're not surprised because we just mentioned Paul's writing about the love of money, not money itself necessarily, the love of money being the root of all kinds of evil. So let's just review. Vanderbilt University got into the gender transition game, admittedly in large part because it's financially profitable. But then here's another twist, JB. They threatened any staff members who objected, and even on religious grounds, uh, and this is what becomes dangerous to the average person not wanting to go along with this because they're a Christian when it comes to the g- gender surrender. They now castrate, sterilize, and mutilate minors as well as adults while apparently taking steps to hide this activity from the public view. And that more of this is coming out. You'll hear more stories like this. But, J.B., it, it is demonic. It is evil. But now the religious freedom issue also plays into this for Christians that just want to say, no, I don't agree with this, and I don't want to go along with this, but people are starting to be forced. Yeah, and, and so what's the remedy? Well, we, as believers, obviously we get all of our answers from God's Word, and God's Word reminds us that the righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray, Proverbs twelve twenty six. Or, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. This is why it's so important for us to recognize the, the principle of separation and distinction. Psalm 1 tells us, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And it's often been pointed out the progression there. It starts by walking, kind of hanging around with worldly people, presenting worldly principles. Then you sort of stop and you hang out longer and linger, and then ultimately you sit down and, and camp out there. And, and that's really uh, what we see happening. But James reminds us that friendship with the world is enmity with God. And so we, we've got to get back to being the image bearers, being distinct, taking a stand. doesn't mean being ungracious or hateful. Yes. I mean, we want to be friendly with the world, but it doesn't mean we should be friends with the world. Amen, brother. So we've just got five minutes left. It always goes by so fast. I think you said that when we were taking our previous break. We're going, my goodness, there's so much that we could talk about. But, JB, I, I want to hear in the last couple minutes what's on your heart. I know you really want to edify our audience, you want to encourage people because there's so much to potentially be uh, discouraged and distraught about. But God has us here for such a time as this, and we are not to hide or to cower because we have not been given a spirit of fear. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I the more I am more and more convinced, having just finished the the intense research to to finish this second volume, that we are in the final stages of this cosmic battle. I'm not setting a date, I'm not a date setter, but I think Jesus reminds us to look at the signs of the times, and it is obvious, especially if you read what the Luciferians are planning. I have a whole chapter in the new book on their timetable, Mm. and they really believe that sometime between now and 2030, Mm -hmm. they will cross the finish line. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen, because God is in control, and uh, we have a job to do, as you said, and God has a purpose for us, as we've been saying on this show, that's what it means to be made in the image of God. And so we just need to be about that work. But 
we need to do so with eyes wide open, realizing just how much this spiritual battle has ratcheted up. And if you, as a believer, if you're listening to this program today and you're you're thinking you can just kind of go along to get along, you're going to be swept up in the wrong tide. Just you can count on it. So people need to be intentional. They need to be sober and vigilant because our adversary, the devil, is walking around like a roaring lion seeking those whom he may devour. Uh, We need to be intentional and serious about coming out from among them and being separate. Uh, And so, again, I don't want to discourage people. We have the remedy right in our hands, the yeah. Word of God, but it's it's time to fish or cut bait. Amen. And I think you mentioned Psalm 1. Um, we are blessed, right? We are blessed when we meditate on the Word of God, when our delight is in the law of the Lord. It says that that kind of person will be like a tree planted by streams of water, Planted is pretty good, like a tree planted because the roots go down. But by streams of water, that means those roots are continually being fed and nourished, and it, it yields fruit in its season, right, J.B.? Yeah, in such a time as this, this is our season right Amen. now. Amen. Amen. This is our season. Well, God bless you, brother. Thank you for all the work you do. Uh, we are definitely going to uh, look forward to talking with you about a, about a month from now um, when your new book is released and unleashed in the face of the enemy in opposition, and we're going to praise God for it, and we're going to help you get the word out for it, and we'll have you on to talk about Volume 2 of Spirit of the Antichrist. Friends, you can go to notbyworks.org. JB, thanks for your time. God bless your ministry, and please say hello to our family in your area there, in your church. Will do. Thanks, David. You're the best. All right. Praise God, brother. Hey, uh, guys, we are looking forward to tomorrow's podcast. And actually, we've got some interesting topics the rest of this week. But tomorrow, as I mentioned at the very top of this podcast, uh, we've got Pastor Matt Truella on, Missionaries to the Preborn. And uh, you look him up. He's also written a book called The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate. He wrote it several years ago, but it's really starting to get out there now because people are trying to understand our relation with civil government and our government leaders and authorities and this doctrine of the lesser magistrate and holding our representatives accountable and what they should be doing. They should be, who is our king? Jesus is our king. That's our authority. So in light of our government, how do we respond to certain things that are happening now? So that's Matt Trewella tomorrow. He's the pastor of Mercy Seat Christian Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Looking forward to having him. You will hear from Dr. Lee Merritt on Wednesday. Um, also, Senator Andre Jock in studio. He's a Wisconsin senator. Uh, God bless him. God bless Ron Johnson. And we are obviously open to hearing the other side. So uh, we're not doing anything wrong being a nonprofit here by having a Republican senator come in. We are welcome to you are welcome to come in and talk if you're a Democrat senator. They won't <laughs> they won't take us up on that, of course. I don't think they'd be very popular with our audience because of their worldview and the platform. But uh, hey, Mary Danielson will be coming in on Friday and talking about two minute warnings. And signs of the times, friends. She's with Calvary Chapel in Appleton. But guys, thank you so much again for sharing the podcast. But most importantly, I want to emphasize this for your prayers because of the constant spiritual warfare that I'm sure you are feeling to some extent as well. God bless you and strengthen you in Jesus name and provide for all your needs. Thank you guys so much. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.